Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. We are going to be continuing our Written in Red series. Um, who's been enjoying our Written in Red series? Um, I think it's been awesome. The, um, I just want to clarify something really quickly. Dave Lambert got up here last week and said that this whole series was his idea. Um, but the actual fact is that this was my idea, and, um, but it's all good, Dave. You, you can have the credit for it, okay? I'll just be humble. And, um, but I can't, you know what, Dave is a liar, okay? Just, let's just flat out, straight out, Dave is a liar. No, I'm joking. Love you, Dave. So the first week, Pastor Joseph talked about being called, and, um, and God sees you, Jesus sees you wherever you are, and talked about the story about the woman who was bent over for 18 years, and, um, and just the miraculous story of healing that, that she received, and, um, and that Jesus sees you wherever you are, no matter what stage you are in life. And then Pastor Dave got up here last week and talked about taking up your cross, and um, what it looks like to lay down your life for Jesus, take up your cross and follow Him, which just two amazing messages. So, you know, but the, the word I wanna speak today, I, I really believe that God has put this word on my heart for us in this season. And, and it, it's, I've seen the power of this message in my own life, which is why I can get up here today and confidently speak this message and say, hey, what I'm about to say is got so much power behind it. And if we get this thing right, We're gonna be on the right track. Like this is exactly what Jesus has called us to do. So I wanna go there today and go on that journey all together, which would be really, really cool. So what I wanna talk about today is in in the Old Testament, there was um, over 600 laws that were set out. Um, I think there was about 612. And um, before Jesus came, everyone abided by these rules. And um, it gets to this point in scripture where Jesus comes to the earth and, and everyone's caught up in religion and we should be doing that or why are we doing this? And Jesus pretty much comes to smash culture of, of old thinking and old ways. And he leaves us with two laws, just two things to follow. I'm going to read that all together. It's in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 37. And when it comes up on the screen, we'll read it together. Cool. Jesus replied, everyone now, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Next verse. This is the first and greatest commandment. And next verse again. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Written in red, there it is. Jesus just goes out and says, guys, don't worry about all the laws. I want you to love me and I want you to love people. Now, let me clarify something. How easy is it to love God most days? I think we all do a great, the fact that you are in church this morning proves to me that you, you love God and you're doing it well. And we read our Bibles and we, we seek counsel and we pray and we do all the right things. But how many of you know that it's actually a lot harder to love people like the way we love God? Why? Because God is he's perfect. He's holy in all of his ways. But people, well, we're all unperfect. You know, we all fall short of the glory of God. That's just the reality of it. But I wanna take us on a journey today of discovering what it actually looks like to love people because Jesus goes and says, hey, this thing is so important to me. It's equally important, equally important to loving God. That's a heavy statement. 
And I wanna go on a journey to be able to understand what that really looks like. And I could get up here today and tell you, hey, love, love people because Jesus tells you to love people, but it's hard. It is so hard. You know, all you have to do is turn on the news and you see people, um, uh, you see um, terrorist attacks and um, child molesters and all these things. And we look at the news and we look at people and we say, how, how, why? What is, what, who could love that person? What, what is going on there? And I really wanna dig deep. And by the end of today, I really want us to have an attitude of, hey, Come on, we're gonna love people. No matter what it takes, we are just gonna love people. You can tell you why? Tell you why it's important to love people. Because when Jesus was on earth, he set the perfect example of loving people. But now Jesus has gone up to sit at the right hand of the Father. And now the Holy Spirit lives in us. And now if we're not loving people, who is loving people? Who is loving people if we're not doing it? Jesus leaves it to you and I. And that's why this is so important. And now I think if we keep the love of Jesus to the four walls of this building, we are not doing the thing that God has called us to do. That God has called us to be the light of the world and to love people wherever you go, at your home, at a shopping centre, when you're filling up your petrol, anything you do in your schools, in your university, God has called you to love people and love people and love people and keep loving people, amen? Which I think is really cool. So I'm gonna take you on a journey and we're gonna go and we're gonna talk about um, a pretty funny story in the Bible and we've got some actors and stuff and we're gonna, do, we're gonna have a bit of fun in church today. Um, but first of all, I just wanna talk about, has anyone ever been to an awkward dinner party? Yeah. Come on, you can be a bit vocal. Has anyone ever been to an awkward dinner party? Yeah, you rock up to maybe your annual Christmas party. Um, at the end of the year and uh, it, your boss is there and, and Jimmy over there has had a couple too many rounds of communion and um, he's saying some pretty inappropriate things and, and or you go, you got a family event and um, Uncle Joe's come and he's slagging everyone and he's, he's not happy about what this uncle did and that cousin and no one's spoken to him for four years and, and we've all experienced an awkward dinner party, am I right? And you know, we have in the Garisto household a... Um, a family dinner every single Wednesday night. Um, mum gathers the troops and says, because we all work at all different times. So mum goes, Wednesday nights are non-negotiable. You have to be a family dinner. And so mum has started this tradition and we've been loving it. And if you've been lucky enough, you've probably been invited to a family dinner. And um, I'll try to explain it in a sentence to you. Imagine maybe like six stubborn wogs sitting around a table, all arguing about what they're doing during the week and your opinion on this and that opinion. I can say that because I'm half Italian, okay? I know I don't look, I look like Skippy the Bush Kangaroo, but <laughs> I am half Italian. And it was only a couple of weeks ago when we were sitting at family dinner and um, we often go around the table and just see what everyone's up to. I know it's a little bit cheesy, but... Um, and I was, it was up to my turn, and I just said to the guys, hey, um, I, I really want to apply for this job as a chaplain at my old high school. And I got slagged by my whole family. You're unqualified. You don't have this degree. You don't have that degree. How are you, would you do it? You're too young. But, and I just got up, and I cracked it, and I left. That's it. I was done. No more. I was over it. I was, you, you are my family. You don't care about me. But I went off. I went off. Or what about a time where we were at family dinner and, and um, Hannah and Jordan had been traveling in, in Cambodia and they had met this English couple who had been traveling the world for a year. So these people have not had a home-cooked meal 
in about a year, and they haven't, Hannah and Jordan said they hadn't really spoken to many people. So these guys were a little bit awkward, but they parked their big, um, everyone, anyone seen those big juicy camper vans? This thing has taken up our whole driveway. We're just, it was so funny. Anyway, these people come, and they, they, this couple, young couple sit down, and, and I'm kind of looking at this girl, and I'm like, I've seen, it, I've seen this girl before. I know her from somewhere. And um, anyway, the night went on, and I just said, and I figured out that it looks exactly like one of me and Madeline's friends. And I said to myself, I have to take a photo of this girl. Like, I just gotta, you know how you try to get the sneaky photo from like <laughs> under the table? Anyway, has anyone been in the situation where you go to take that photo and your heart drops to the floor when you realize the flash is on? <laughs> the flash is on. And I only knew because the window was behind her and I seen this almighty, like the heavens were opening up, what it felt like, <laughs> behind her and seen that um, the flash was on and she looked at me for the rest of the night like, is this guy gonna take me? Is he gonna kill me? What is he gonna do to me? This guy's infatuated with me. No, I just, but dinner got pretty awkward after that, I must say. So we've all been at awkward dinner parties, am I right? So I wanna take you to an awkward dinner party that happens 2,000 years ago where Jesus goes over to Simon the leper's house and we see this awesome story and I've got some actors to help me out today. So can we bring them out onto the stage? Here they are. So here we have Mark Amenta, who will be playing Jesus in the story. We have Daniel who will be playing a disciple. We have Fabian who's going to be playing Simon the leper. And then we have Daniela, our immoral woman from this story. <laughs> the beautiful Daniela with her beautiful black long hair. And let me just give you a little bit of context to this story. What happens in this story is in, this happens in Luke chapter seven and it's called, a, wo a woman is anointed by, a, uh, Jesus in, is anointed by a sinful woman. And in Luke six, Jesus just finishes um, gathering and, and choosing his disciples. In Luke seven, in the very story before, Jesus um, raises a widow's son from the dead. So Jesus is doing some pretty amazing stuff around the place. The word's getting around, the buzz is happening, that who is this guy, Jesus? And, um, and everywhere Jesus goes, there is just crowds packed around him, yeah? There's crowds everywhere, people following him. And this story is gonna read like this and the boy's gonna go. So here we go, we're in Luke chapter seven, it'll be on the screens, verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from the city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar full of oil, <laughs> full of perfume. And she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping, weeping, weeping. <laughs> her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Gotta get all those tears, bro. Wipe them off, Daniela, sorry. <laughs> and she wiped them off with her hair. She kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Kiss him, actually kiss him, bro. Awesome, he's kissing his hand, he's not even kissing. When the Pharisee, who is Simon, who invited him over saw this, he said to himself, this, if this man were a prophet, he would know what type of woman is touching her. She's a sinner. And then Jesus answers his thoughts. Simon, he says to the Pharisee, 
I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replies. Then Jesus told him the story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one, 50 pieces of silver to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, cancelling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one whose debt was can- larger debt was cancelled. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turns to the woman and says to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust off my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglect the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. (laughs) Can we just thank the boys, the clowns over here? They all make beautiful Bible characters, especially Daniela. You know what I love about this story is that there is such a beautiful display of grace and, and love that Jesus shows this woman. And you know, in this story, I want you to really think about what Simon would have been thinking. You know, this, this woman, this immoral woman, the Bible like says immoral woman, but um, in actual fact, she was a prostitute. And she comes into this packed house, she's uninvited, And she turns up and she steals the attention of the room as she kneels at Jesus' feet and just and just pours out all of her affection. Everything she 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 worked to earn was in that alabaster jar. The sinful acts that she was doing to earn that money, she was pouring out on the feet of Jesus. She is displaying such a such a admiration for who Jesus is. And I could just imagine Simon sitting there being real ticked off, saying, Who is this woman? Come rocks up to my house. I've got the, the savior of the world is sitting in my house, and this woman just comes and steals the attention. And Jesus comes and drops this bomb of a story and says, makes dinner pretty awkward from that moment on. I, I bet you Simon would have been feeling a little bit silly about himself. But you know what the thing is. The few things that I pulled out of this story, I've got three points that I pulled out of this story and I really wanna go there with those three points. And I wanna show you how we've all been Simon in, our, in times of life and we've all experienced being the woman um, and, and I wanna just show how, how we can get back to being this woman who who's, can just openly pour her affection out on Jesus and love people. She could love someone else because of what we're gonna speak about, amen? First point is, Simon thought of this woman poorly, so he treated her poorly. He thought about her poorly, so he treated her poorly. I wanna talk about our thoughts. Our thought, the way we think towards people. And you know, like I was saying before about the story on the news, so often I watch A Current Affair or the news and, or you scroll down your Facebook feed and you find the Seven News um, link and, and you read it and you're just saying to yourself, oh my goodness. How could anyone ever love these people? And here I am and I find myself in the shoes of Simon where I'm just blatantly looking at someone and, and having bitter thoughts and thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know how God could love that person. Or, and I'm sure, have we all been there? Can we be honest enough to say we have been there in our lives? And this is the, this is the thing that I love. Jesus 
doesn't answer a comment from Simon. He answers his thought. Simon has a thought, and Jesus addresses the thought. He doesn't address, Simon didn't say this openly for the table to hear. He says to, he says to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching her. This girl is a sinner. And Jesus goes, Simon, I've got a story to tell you, and he makes dinner pretty awkward from there. But I love the fact that Jesus cares just as much as about your thoughts towards people than he does to what you say about people. Jesus cares about what you say, but he cares just as much about what you think and where your thoughts go. And you know, what about for, for parents? You know, we go to the cinemas and there's this one kid that will not shut up. There's one kid that will not, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word, but there's one kid that won't be quiet. What about when you see a screaming kid in a supermarket aisle? What are your thoughts there? I'll be honest, I'm like, who is, what's the parents not looking to boot this kid? When you're on an aeroplane and you've got a 14 hour flight to Europe and the kid is right behind you and he will not stop crying for the life of him. What about getting cut off in your car? When someone pulls in front of you and you're beeping your horn and you get out of my way and I'm the best driver on these Melbourne roads. <laughs> Anyone ever been in those, that position? What about when you're walking down the street and you see someone who has dyed their hair all blue or someone who is a different sexual orientation or someone is confused about their gender or you, know, you have all these things um, and, and just because people don't do things that we do, then we look upon people and our thoughts get twisted. And when the Bible is saying, hey, I know you're having this thought, but the reality is Jesus cares just as much about the way your thought patterns towards other people. And I don't know about you, but today I wanna to be able to just clear it up and get to the bottom of it. How can we start to have pure thoughts towards people? Does anyone wanna know that this morning? I know I wanna know that this morning and I'm gonna take you on the journey that I went through. You know, it's funny, all you have to do is watch me play a game of football. And I can hear some people laughing in the room because they've seen me play a game of football. I like, um, what happens to me? How can I put this in the most Christian way? I neglect the love of Jesus and I am a hoodlum. And anyone who gets in my way, in my mind, wants to meet Jesus that day. He, he wants to meet Jesus. So you're gonna stand in my way, forget it. I'm going 100 kilos of meat coming straight through you. That's all that's going on in my head. You know, we all have these times in our lives where we feel like Simon, or we are Simon. And you know, and like I said, I'll be the first one to admit, there's been moments in my life where I'll, I'll be like, why are you raising your kid like that? Or why are you doing this? Or to see that on the news. And, and, and like I said, we, we accumulate these thoughts about people when Jesus is saying, hey, come on. That's just as bad as you saying it out loud in front of everyone, you know? So I really wanna get to the bottom of that today. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse five, Jesus, um, the Bible says to take captive every thought and make it obedient to the word of Christ. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. What does that look like for you? I know for me, that is a very hard, that's an easy scripture to read, it's very hard to live. Every thought that enters your mind, how do you grab that thought, pull it down and say, okay, I'm not gonna let that affect me and put it straight under what, what Jesus says. Because the Bible tells us to do this. Yeah. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to the word of Christ. Now, what does Christ say? Yeah. Christ says we are his children. Yeah. 
We are loved, we are valued, every person. And you know what I think, like I said, when I'm watching the news and I see that someone has done something horrendous, I look at that person with such disgust, but at the end of the day, if this is breaking my heart, how much is it breaking God's heart? How much is that breaking God's heart? And we need to get a little bit of God's perspective on people and start to look at, hey, you know, I know I'm thinking that way about that person, but how can I grab that thought, pull it down and make it obedient to the Word of Christ? There is ways to do that. And like I said, I could get up here and just tell you to love like Jesus, but we're humans and it's hard to do that. Yeah, is that right? Come on, give the Lord a round of applause. He's amazing. I'm gonna learn how to do that. My second point, which is probably the biggest point that I wanna preach about today, is you can only ever love people to the extent of knowing forgiveness. You can only love people to the extent of knowing forgiveness for your own life. You know, I love how Jesus gets this story and he says, hey, there's five, this, this person was loaned 500, this person was loaned 50, and at the end of the day, they both could not pay this person back. No matter how much debt was accumulated, these people both couldn't pay the person who loaned them the money back. And Jesus says, he's pretty much saying, this woman who's kneeling at his feet is the woman that is in 500 coins debt. She's in debt, this woman. But the Bible just says that she was able to love much because she had received forgiveness in its fullness. Where Simon's sitting there with bitter thoughts, but the Bible is saying, Simon, you can't love this woman because you don't understand forgiveness for your own life. You don't understand the weight of what Jesus has done for you on the cross. That's why you struggle to love this woman. And I just think that's so powerful to understand, hey, you know what? I know I'm thinking this way. And I would have loved to read that Simon pulled up his thoughts and said, you know what? You're right, Jesus. Because the reality is, is that Jesus has forgiven everyone equally of sin, right? The Bible says that when John the Baptist was proclaiming that the Lamb of God was gonna come and he was gonna take away the sin of the world, he wasn't gonna cover it, he was gonna take it away, that meant every sin that we have done, this woman had done, past, present, future, Jesus had dealt with all these things once and for all. So when he brings out this story, he's trying to prove this point to Simon and makes dinner real awkward when he says, Simon, you just don't get it. You don't get it. You don't understand that you're forgiven. Your sins are wiped clean. And until you do that, you will not be able to love like this woman does. The Bible says that, Jesus goes and says, you neglect the the courtesy of putting olive oil on my head. Back in those days, you put olive oil on someone's head to to honour them for who they were. You know, she's kissed my, you, you didn't greet me with a kiss, but she's greeted me with a kiss. She was able to love much because she experienced forgiveness in much. And we're gonna get that today. We're gonna get that for our own lives today. You know, this woman had plenty of junk. Like you and I, we all have plenty of junk. Like I said, the Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God. We do, because we are humans. But Simon just didn't see this, this woman as a child of God. He just couldn't see it. He couldn't see that this person was a loved child of God. And you know, there's this story that I have. I, I work at the hospital, I work at Sunshine, and I am a, a nurse, and um, I work with my mum. A lot of people say that's really corny, but... I think it's cute, whatever. <laughs> whatever, stone me. Like, what? I work with my mum, get over it. <laughs> and when I first started on the ward, I work with doctors and these consultants and these doctors and everyone, they're, real, they're high up people. 
And this, this doctor, um, uh, what happened was, it was like one of my first days working, I asked a really silly question to the doctors. I didn't think it was that silly, but apparently silly to them. And I had 10 of them standing around looking at me like, this person shouldn't be looking after people, right? <laughs> that was the look I received. And I was treated pretty poorly from that moment on until later on that day when someone mentioned that's actually Emma's son, I was treated in a totally different light. Yeah. Wow. Actually, it goes as far as one of the woman doctors comes up and gives me a kiss. I'm like, hang on a sec, you were just slagging me a minute ago. You found out whose son I was and now you're loving me. But in that story, that's so real. If Simon understood who this woman was, he would be able to love her in a totally different light. Because he gets God's perspective and says, hey, I know I'm thinking this way, but she is a child of God and I'm gonna love like that. I'm gonna love like that. And we need to all do that for our lives. And the last point I wanna talk about is, if we wanna know how to love people, does anyone wanna know that? I know we talked about a few things, but this one really gets me. We've got to never forget what Jesus done on the cross. We've got to always bring it back to the cross. In the Bible says that God loved us first. He died for us while we were still sinners. God loved, loved us first. And I just think that our, our, the way we, how can I say this? The way we have received Jesus should be the way that we show Jesus. We receive love from God, so we should, you're, 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 the way you, it's hard to put it in words because this makes so much sense for me. Like, I've received so much from Jesus. I've received forgiveness for everything I've done wrong. So everything in me says that I shouldn't be treating someone like that, regardless of thoughts, regardless of the way I'm feeling. You know what, sometimes I get out of bed, I don't feel like loving people. I don't feel like going for that coffee. I don't feel like talking to that cousin who hasn't spoken to me. I don't feel like talking to that person who has said something so wrong about me. But come on, we've got to take thoughts captive. We've got to understand that that person is a child of God, just like I am, no matter what they've done, no matter what the situation is, and treat them like that. Thankfulness. You know what? People are going to hurt you. That's the reality, all right? That is the reality. God will not hurt you, but people will. And when the Bible talks about, hey, when Jesus goes and says, love God and love people, they're equally as important, that's really challenging. That's really, really challenging if you take that scripture and really depict it like that. And I think that, that our praise towards God, our thankfulness towards God, is the thing that always brings us back to a spot that says, hey, you know what, you were once Simon. You were once Simon, and you may have experienced being the woman, you, you receive salvation, you receive God for your own life, and now you're this woman who's pouring affection out on the feet of Jesus, and then somehow along the way, we've got back to being who Simon is. We've lost sight of the cross. I've lost sight of what Jesus has done. You know how I always get myself out of that, that place? I just go back to the story of Jesus dying on the cross and I read it start to finish. When I feel like my faith is getting complacent, I go and I read the story of the cross from start to finish and I always end up back at a place where it's like, hang on, my sin is wiped clean. I could, I could now go love everyone in my world because I understand that my debt was paid first. My debt was dealt with first on the cross. Amen. And you know, such a powerful thing about this story is that Simon, you know, the way the gospels work is that it's the same account of a story through the eyes of four different people. And in another account of the same story, it actually refers to Simon as Simon the leper. 
Simon the Pharisee in this story, but it's Simon the leper in another story. Now, if you had leprosy back in, that, in, the, in the day, maybe the team can come out as well because I want to sing at the end, but you know, when Simon, he's referred to as a leper, and if you had leprosy back in the Old Testament, it meant that you were unclean. You actually weren't be allowed to be around people because it meant you had a disease that was incurable and you were looked down upon. And the fact that Simon the leper had people in his home for dinner, had the saviour of the world over for dinner, shows to me that Simon had, had experienced healing somewhere along the track. Somewhere along the track of his life, he'd experienced the love of God and forgiveness for his own sin, for his own, for his own disease. And here we read about Simon and Simon's now the person. He was the woman. He starts off as the woman. Oh God, you've saved me. You've washed me of this leprosy. And he ends up at this place where he's sitting there and his thoughts are disgusting towards this woman. He sits there and he's, he's judging this woman. And this woman has received, she understands forgiveness for her life so she can pour her affection out on someone else because she's got enough for herself. I've experienced healing myself. I can love, therefore I can love people. And I want us to capture that today. I really want us to capture that. The healing, the healing that Simon received. It's such a shame that this story didn't say, you know, Simon was a leper, he got healed and then he was able to love everyone. But no, it's Simon was a leper, got healed, forgot what Jesus done for him. And now Jesus is trying to take him on a journey back to the place of, hey, be thankful that I saved your soul. Be thankful that I did something for you. Thank you for that I got your sin and I dealt with it on a cross. And I wanna find ourselves in that place today so we can love people. So we can just love people with no restraints. Every thought we have, we make it obedient to the Word of God. We say, what does God say about that person? That person is a child of God, valued, loved, and respected. You know, there was this one time where, where Pastor Helen, what happened was my mechanic rang, had called me and said, I'd put $130 aside to pay for my car service and, and I knew that I was praying that that was what it was gonna cost because I didn't have any other money. And the mechanic rings me and says, Tim, your car's gonna cost you $500 to, to, to get fixed. And I just remember being in a place where it's like, oh, I can't afford it. So I was on the phone of my mechanic in the office here. And I said to the mechanic, hey, don't worry about fixing my car. Don't worry about 